It's Monday, February the 1st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, a coup in Myanmar and more protests in Russia. First, the world in brief. A coup is underway in Myanmar after the army arrested Aung San Suu Kyi, the country's de facto leader since 2016, along with other members of her party. The generals declared a one-year state of emergency and cut communications in major cities. Their commander-in-chief, Minong Leung, has seized power. Tensions were running high since Ms Suu Kyi's National League for Democracy won enough seats in elections in November to form a government. Aggrieved army chiefs used to controlling the levers of power even after the country began its fitful experiment with democracy in 2011 called the vote fraudulent. Russian security forces detained more than 5,000 people who were protesting across Russia against the jailing of Alexei Navalny, the most prominent critic of Vladimir Putin, Russia's leader. Mr Navalny was recently arrested after returning from hospital treatment abroad. He had been poisoned with a nerve agent allegedly administered by government agents. Norwegian lawmakers nominated Mr Navalny for this year's Nobel Peace Prize. Britain is due to mark the first anniversary of its leaving the European Union by applying to join the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, said taking part in the deal would prove the country is still an enthusiastic champion of global free trade. Critics said membership of the 11-country bloc, which includes Australia, Canada and Japan, would bring few immediate economic gains. AstraZeneca promised to supply an extra 9 million doses of its COVID vaccine to the EU. Some members of the bloc have threatened legal action if the Anglo-Swedish drug maker does not make up for production shortfalls at plants in Belgium and the Netherlands, possibly by diverting jabs made in Britain. The EU has also mooted export controls on vaccines, but quickly reversed the move to impose checks on the Northern Irish border. Meanwhile, daily vaccinations in Britain reached a record high, with 598,389 people receiving their first dose on Saturday. Weekend protests against restrictions to curb the spread of COVID-19 erupted in several European cities, including the capitals of Austria, Belgium and Hungary. At least 200 protesters were arrested in Brussels for breaching bans on public gatherings. A planned far-right march in Vienna was banned by police. Earlier this week, several nights of rioting took place in the Netherlands against the country's lockdown. In an unusual admission of American military activity, Taiwan's defence ministry said six Chinese fighter jets and an American reconnaissance plane entered the southwestern corner of Taiwan's air defence identification zone. Taiwan also reported that several Chinese jets entered the zone last weekend. Tensions are raised because an American aircraft carrier group recently entered the South China Sea, which is disputed between China and its neighbours. And Melvin Capital, a hedge fund that received a shooing from vigilante retail investors, reportedly lost $4.5 billion in January, or 53% of the assets it held under management. Melvin withered after its short-selling position on GameStop, a video games retailer, was picked up by users of Reddit, an online message board, who then banded together to drive up the share price. Silver futures shot up 8% overnight, as short-squeezing Redditors chose the precious metal for their next target. And now, here's today's agenda. A vote and a strike. Politics in Brazil. Today, Brazil's Congress will choose new leaders for each of its two chambers. Both favourites, Arthur Lira for the lower house and Rodrigo Pacheco for the Senate, are allies of Jair Bolsonaro, the country's right-wing populist president. 
In recent weeks, he has distributed 3 billion reais, $550 million, for legislators' pet projects to secure their votes and ensure they ignore dozens of impeachment petitions against him. The exit of Rodrigo Maia, the current leader of the lower house, could result in more progress for Mr Bolsonaro's ideological agenda, such as loosening gun laws. The vote is secret, so there could be surprises, and tumult in the streets may overshadow a victory in Congress. Lorry drivers plan a nationwide strike starting today to protest against rising fuel prices. A similar strike in 2018 brought the country to a halt for 10 days and supercharged Mr Bolsonaro's campaign. This time he is begging them to stand down. Counting the cost India's budget Nirmala Sitaraman, India's finance minister, has a tough day ahead. With the pandemic still raging, an economy in poor shape and angry farmers protesting on the streets of New Delhi, she must stand before Parliament to unveil the central government's budget for the next financial year beginning in April. There is some cheer. India's COVID-19 figures have fallen sharply and the economy is sputtering into life. The IMF expects GDP growth of 11.5% this year after an 8% tumble in 2020. But with so many sectors badly hit, particularly small firms, she would be hard-pressed to squeeze much joy out of the central government's tax revenues while trying to hold its deficit below this year's painful 6.5-7.5% to of GDP. Narendra Modi, India's Prime Minister, has played down hopes for dramatic initiatives such as big tax cuts, bold spending programmes or game-changing privatisation deals. Besides, he does not leave such things to mere ministers, preferring to make the biggest announcements himself. Strain Games South Africa and COVID-19 The pandemic has revealed some of the best and a lot of the worst of South Africa. The country's world-class scientists, many of whose reputations were forged during the AIDS pandemic, have helped organise trials of vaccines and were the first to identify a new, more contagious strain of the virus. A dysfunctional state has, however, let the side down. Official COVID fatalities number 44,000. But since May, there were more than 125,000 additional deaths, compared with the number that would normally be expected. That suggests that the disease may have killed nearly one in every 300 South Africans. The sluggish government, run by the African National Congress, has become embroiled in corrupt deals for medical kit and has been slow to procure vaccines. Although ordinary South Africans are eager for a jab, widespread inoculation may not occur until mid-2022. Today, the first vaccines made by AstraZeneca will finally arrive in the country. It is about time. Jaw-jawing. Libya's government is chosen. After a decade of civil war that followed the toppling of Muammar Gaddafi, the country's dictator, Libya shows signs of recovery. A ceasefire has held since October, and Libya should soon have a new interim government to replace the warring administrations in the east and the west. This week, a UN-nominated council of 75 Libyans meeting in Switzerland will vote for a three-person presidential council. But will the chosen triumvirate be successful in taking control? After battling for six years, General Khalifa Haftar, a warlord in the east, and Islamist-leading militias in the west share an interest in a stalemate that preserves their fiefs on the ground. Their foreign backers, with Turkey facing off against Russia and the United Arab Emirates, have stubbornly defied last month's deadline to withdraw an estimated 20,000 soldiers and mercenaries. Everyone is entrenching. No wonder analysts warn that all sides are using their respite to prepare not for peace, but for a resumption of war. Infected European air travel 
few airlines thought demand for air travel could fall lower than it did in 2020. International air passenger numbers worldwide tumbled by 74% last year because of the COVID-19 pandemic, with Europe hit particularly hard. Today, Ryanair, one of the continent's biggest airlines, reveals earnings for the final three months of 2020. Expect lots of red ink for a period which included a second wave of lockdowns. The rollout of COVID-19 vaccines this year should, in theory, help the industry. But over the past week, worries that 2021 may be worse still for air travel have grown. European governments fear that new COVID-19 variants from abroad may be resistant to their vaccines. Britain, France and Ireland have imposed some of their strictest limits yet on non-essential cross-border travel. Ryanair's balance sheet is strong, which should tide it over a longer-than-expected fall in demand. But that cannot be said of many financially weaker rivals. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Boris Yeltsin, who was born on this day in 1931. You can build a throne with bayonets, but it's difficult to sit on it. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 